on the internet and thereabouts. This is your man, Kyle Means, editorial director of War Media and also a proud uh, uh, a proud representative of NBC Sports Chicago, especially on this particular recording. I uh, have my friend and colleague, Stephanie Strempluski. Did I get You got it right. You got it right. This is I also... This is also one of our first times really talking, so I'm not even, I'm going to fully accept that. Right. I mean, we've talked enough on, in, in chat. Twitter. Twitter, yeah. Twitter and, and you know, uh, what, uh, what's that Slack and all that, you know. How do you feel about <laughs> Slack, by the way? I mean... I've, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I know you had some trouble with it the other day. Oh my day. gosh, I did, but it's been resolved. All I had to do was clear my cache, so it's it's all good. But also, um, I don't know if you play Wordle, but clearing your cache, um, cache, cache, whatever, um, you have to restart your Wordle. So I had a pretty good like 23 Michael Jordan streak going on, and uh it I started my world to like today and it gave me the instructions of how to play it and I was like, Oh, that's really weird. I had to start back from scratch. So now I'm on a one wordle winning streak. Now see, you're you're one of the people who I see consistently on my timeline with that wordle stuff. I haven't got Yeah, into I'm it sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know nothing. I just see it and I, I go, Okay, that's that's good for you. That's good for you, I guess. I don't know. But- I- I, I, I don't. What? I wait, can you just it. give me a quick because this I'm I'm trying to uh, I got to get into the show, but I I don't want to derail this and make this a whole wordle thing. Yeah. But this this the, the show is supposed to be something else, and I, I got to get into it. But but explain right. to me right quick what is wordle? Wordle's like a sort of like a hangman game, like a little mini wheel of fortune. If you've ever seen the show, I'm sure you have. Um, (laughs) There's, uh, I believe there's six rounds and you start with any word, any five letter word. And uh, usually you'll get, hopefully if you, um, you know, guess a word and it will show you green letters. So like, for example, I always start with the word audio because somebody recommended me like, that's just a word that has a bunch of vowels. So hopefully you'll get some green letters in there. So today, I mean, I'm not trying to give the wordle today, but I had um, a couple of green letters. I won't say which ones they were, um, but let's pretend that I got a green letter in the word. Um, I don't know. I can't think of the top of my head of a five letter word with, okay, we'll just use audio. But there's like, there's like one puzzle for everyone. Yeah. It's the same puzzle. So every day, Um, it's like the same puzzle that everyone will get. So like if I type in the word audio and like the A turns green and the rest are maybe gray, that means those letters aren't in the word, but the letter A is in the right spot. So maybe you should guess apple, you should guess another word, but sometimes you'll get a yellow letter. So if you put apple and maybe there's a, a yellow letter, the L um isn't in the correct spot but it's supposed to be in that puzzle so maybe the next round you should type the word allow you know it's it's i kind of botched it explaining it but maybe if you if you play it you'll understand it but it's kind of slightly addicting and um i'm sorry for sharing 
all of mine on Twitter. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't mind a little derailment because I've been, I've been like, like I said, I haven't known what it was. I've just seen yeah. people, like you know, put the stuff up, like you know, and then. I think I share my, I think I share my wordle because a no one cares, which I like. Um, it's mm. a break from all the sports news because usually if you follow along my Twitter, it's all sports, 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 sports. So I like my wordle to just be like, who cares? Like, uh, it's a nice little refresher. But yeah, I, again, I wish I could have brought you on just to talk Wordle for a half hour, but I, I'm bringing hey, you on to talk more sports. Yeah, there's always next time, but uh, sports is yeah. my is my forte. So, indeed, indeed, Stephanie, like I said, is my my coworker at at NBC Sports Chicago. She's a digital producer and all, and uh, writes and does does various things on our our desk uh, to help make the website and the app the my teams app uh shine with and, and and just be just burst forth with all types of relevant content day in and day out and she worked today i didn't know that i thought she was off today that was that was another reason why i was willing to bother her because originally uh we were gonna have another guest we were, i was gonna have like a whole uh show but yeah. everybody just flaked on me for for one reason. Oh. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say my guests flaked on me. Yeah. But my, the rest of my my co-hosts. They're getting on their me. they're going out for some tacos and and tortas. They I think they are. They 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 said they're not available for, but they they saw they're probably somewhere getting tacos without me. And yeah. And if I find that out, I'm gonna be deeply sad. Yeah. Even though I have my own tacos. Well, uh, well, lucky for you, you know, my agent said I was available and, you know, booked me right, <laughs> right. on. I had, to, I had to really, had to really you, uh, dog your the, agent. I'll give you the fee. I'll give you the fee later. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I, he, 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 you really blessed me with this with Steph. I, I appreciate you coming on uh, for first time on this, uh, my programming here. And uh, like I said, just a, a, a pleasure to talk to you. And um, you know, again, we are uh, as I as I explained to my audience uh, on our last show Tuesday. We are just gonna take a little time here to to uh, preview the WNBA and the Chicago Sky in particular. Uh, again, again, like I said, my my guest I was gonna have on Sabria Whitaker. Uh, she's gonna be on with us next week, so uh, you know she's definitely cool with me. Uh, and uh, so. But as is Steph, and uh, like I said, you know, we just gonna, uh, you know, you, Steph, I, I want you to, to talk a little bit about your background and everything. For those who don't know, uh, you know, you've you've been in newspapers, you've been in digital uh, media and stuff, and you've been you you sort of took on the role of a of our, you know, you write about various things for, for NBC sports, but you t sort of took on the role of a sky reporter in recent yeah. time. Would you say like, with that? Yeah, I would say I'm the unofficial. Let's go with that. Let's underline yeah. the unofficial. I am the unofficial Chicago sky reporter. And uh, it's been, it's been awesome because I wasn't really as, I don't know if you know this, I was going to say, as you know, but I was like, I don't know if he knows this. Um, I'm a huge baseball nut. Um, baseball, love baseball, can talk about it for hours. It's insane. But um, I actually. Uh, who, are you, who are you rooting for the past couple of days? I just... Well, I mean, 
the Sox. I mean, <laughs> like Sarah, we fly your flag. I don't, want, I don't want the Cubs to struggle, you know, because you know I don't need Cub fans coming at me saying, "Oh, you're just a Sox fan." No, like if you see my Twitter, I mean, it is mostly Sox, but I root for the Cubs right. there as well. But I am you're, you're an objective Sox. journalist, still. yeah. Like, like yeah. you know, I'm just I'm I'm the same way. I'm I'm more biased to the Sox, but. I I try to go to Wrigley at least once a year, and I follow Absolutely. them just. As, I follow them pretty much the same as I follow the Sox. Yeah. It's just I have a little bit more emotion with the Sox because yeah. of my identity as a Southsider. But you know, but I I know people Southsiders who root for the Cubs. My mother is a Cubs. There fan. you go. Yeah. You know, so you know, they, people have their reasons to root for what whoever they root for. It's not absolutely. You, know, you, you just gotta. You, you know, you can't judge it just off the strength of it. You got to know right. the people before you do that. But, but right. yeah, but you know, you're a Sox person, right? So you, what, what area of Chicago or Chicago land did you grow up in? Yeah. So I grew up um, on the East side uh, near Hegwish and uh, okay. it's also near uh, the Hammond Horseshoe Casino. That's my neck of the woods. I uh, lived yeah, there yeah. for about. So you, first- you like around that. See, I know that area well because yeah. again, again, my mother she she likes to go get a gas out there, and she likes to go to the Hammond Casino. So oh, that's, yeah. that you go you see, like around Ewing, and you go down towards uh, Indianapolis mm-hmm. in uh, Boulevard and all that. So you were in, in that area. Yeah, yeah. So that was my area, and then my family and I moved to Northwest Indiana. So we still are very close to Chicago. I'm about forty minutes from uh, Guaranteed Rate. So I was just there Monday. Saw mm-hmm. Liam Hendricks. That's, uh, that's the stronghold of Sox fandom, Northwest yeah. Indiana. Oh, yeah. um, yeah. There is a lot of Sox fans out here. I feel like I seem. Well, I don't know. See, I was going to say during World Series time 2016, I saw Cub flags, Cub flags everywhere. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that the Sox do a, a great job of reaching out to Northwest Indiana. I don't know if, if Wrigley Field does that, but I know that um, the staff at Guaranteed Rate, like they'll have special discounted nights uh, specifically for Northwest Indiana residents. I've seen those nights before. So um, I think they, they know that they have a strong fan base around here. And I'm right. glad that they, I'm glad that they recognize that. That's pretty cool. And you, you, you work too at the, the paper out there, the Northwest Indiana. Yes, I paper. did. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's just 20 minutes uh, from my house. And uh, yeah, I did work for the times of Northwest Indiana newspaper. Um, I don't know if you know this. I know I've been saying that a lot cause we are both still learning to get to know each other, um, which is, that's awesome. Um, yeah. We've all, I, we've all been co-working since October, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's like our first time, like really getting in a deep conversation. I absolutely, this is so awesome. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I so actually, I went to Indiana University. I actually was going into broadcast journalism, so I was really heavily into learning how to write specifically for broadcast. And then it was really difficult Mm. finding a job after graduation. A friend of mine recommended um, our newspaper. He said they're looking for a copy editor. I know that's not really your thing, but I was like, hey, I need a job. Uh, I need to learn... um, 
you know, this industry, you know, you can always work somewhere small, build your way up. And uh, I also was kind of afraid of writing at the time. This was like 2018, 2019. And I was like, if you want to become a better writer, um, you should probably learn how to specifically write for a newspaper. Maybe that'll help me become a better TV writer. I thought that's where I was headed uh, five years back. Um, so once I became a copy editor and uh, started to get additional roles there, writing short stories, um, I did freelance. Previously, I was like a freelance features writer and I had to learn you know, I, I, I got assigned the stuff that no one really wanted to do. I remember getting assigned to do a story about like a high school equestrian and I had no idea what that was. So I had to just learn about horse shows and it was amazing. I had a great time, um, but it definitely helped me become a better writer. And I'd like to think a better reporter as well. Um, always thinking on your feet and I'm by no means like perfect i'm still learning day in and day out like i'm still learning yeah. with nbc sports chicago and i absolutely love it like i don't i don't ever want to feel perfect i don't i always want to be like hey you know i want to show you my idea is this something i can work on i'm always for collaboration making people's work better always for that. So um, working for the newspaper was a great opportunity. Um, I knew that's not really where I wanted to be and uh, eventually got a job as a digital producer with NBC Sports in 2020, March 2020. But um, because of the pandemic, my time was cut short. But, um, you know, I was I was allowed back after things were starting to look better. So I was one of the first people called back and I've been on a roll ever since. And we were talking about how I kind of got that unofficial sky roll earlier. Well, leading back into that, um, yeah, I, I just remember uh, game three was on, game three of the finals between the sky and the mercury. And um, our boss asked us, or he asked me um, if I could watch the game from home because I think that they weren't really allowing reporters at the time at the games because of COVID. I think it was very limited. But well, um, I, we still, I, can speak, I can speak to that, but you I, I'll can. let you finish. But I, can, I can speak to that. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't really even know what was happening, but I was asked if I could watch the game from home and cover the game remotely. And I was like, yeah, sure. And me still learning, you know, a baseball nut. I've covered, you know, some baseball, a little bit of football. Um, I hadn't really officially covered basketball. So I knew what was happening. Um, but I was just like, oh, like game three. So I had to really look up my stats and be really sharp on that story. And then um, I just remember Kalia Copper was like the hero of game three. She was awesome. Mm -hmm. And then game four, which was the actual um, championship, um, I was asked to write that one remotely as well. And I remember actually being... Uh, quite a few minutes late on that story when I turned it in because it actually looked like the sky were going to lose. If you remember, um, they, was, had a, yes, yes. they had they a thrilling fourth yeah. quarter uh, comeback in the last few minutes. Allie Quigley was on fire, Candace Parker. I mean, it was insane. So I actually wrote that they were, it was looking like they were going to lose, but then I remember Allie Quigley had this play. Oh wait, this plays better. Like, I had to rearrange my whole entire story. Well, pretty much the, mo the majority of it and uh, sent that in. And it was just so awesome. They actually won 
80 to 74. So it was a really uh, close game. Phoenix Mercury yeah. were a great opponent. Um, and I know we're probably going to talk about this later on of who, who do we think we're going to see in the finals this year? I think the Mercury, uh, I think they'll make it to the finals, if not win it. I mean, of course, we hope the Sky win again and have a repeat championship. But the Phoenix Mercury, I mean, that series really could have gone either way. Yeah, it was it was very competitive. You look at that franchise, that, that roster, as it was last year, you had that natural big three on that yeah. team with with uh, Brittany Griner, who, you know, we'll speak a little bit about her situation as well, but uh, you know her and and you know Diana Taurasi, who many say maybe the best women's player of all time, and yeah. and um, uh, God, uh, my girl from Notre Dame, uh, Diggins, Diggins, Skylar Diggins, yeah. <laughs> and you know that's that was just a natural big three there, and you know without. You know, we don't know if they're going to have to deal without Griner for this entire season, right? But they're definitely not dealing. You know, don't have her available now. But they go ahead and pick up Diamond the Shields, you know, uh, and and just really, uh, really going to want. That's going to be an interesting storyline. How much is she going to adapt to that change, and will she rise to the to that occasion? Because, uh, like you mentioned, Kalia Copper did a lot to steal her shine towards the end here in Chicago. And a lot of, a, a lot of people who are following the sky was sort of like, you know, waiting for diamond to really hit another level, but she couldn't right. do that. And, and then, and then, and eventually Kalia just sort of got in her way and, and really just took over a lot of that playmaking uh, that we was sort of expecting diamond to see. But, you know, I, you know, look, I, I, that was really Really cool how you described the <laughs> the situation that you came, you know, how you came into writing, and that was just before I got onto the staff with y'all. Because I remember the first, maybe like the first real shift I had was the the day that they had the the uh, the, the parade and everything. Oh, the, the parade! parade. I yeah. was off. I was off that day. But and you still wrote something. I still wrote something because I wrote, felt yeah. it. I felt I was like, I'm the unofficial sky reporter for NBC Sports. I have to write <laughs> something. And I'm right. really glad I, I'm really glad I did because I didn't, you know, sometimes when you're covering something, you don't really know what you're gonna come up with. And sometimes you hear a specific quote or you're just like feeling something in the moment. So I really did feel, I know it sounds silly, but I'm watching it on TV and I did feel like I was there because I was so in the moment of covering the game and just learning about everybody's history and their background and their stats. So I was really into it. And I just remember James Wade, uh, general manager and, and, uh, and, um, and head coach of the sky. He, he came out and he said, you know, remember where you're sitting. And I was just like, whoa, what? Like, cause he's like, you know, this time next year, it's like, I, I think the whole team really wants that repeat championship. So I kind of got chills and I was like, that's what I'm writing about. I'm writing about, remember where you're sitting, like, remember your seat. Um, and it, it sort of kind of flowed from there. And of course, yeah. uh, uh, Candace Parker came out, you know, Naperville native and, um, I actually got to interview her um, in November and 
just the things that she had to say, like coming out and winning in front of her hometown crowd, like just how much it meant to her. Um, one of the things that she mentioned to me was, you know, obviously she's a huge Bulls fan and she yeah. grew up, she, she vividly remembers, you know, the three peat and seeing Jordan and the, the rallies downtown. And she wanted to be, she wanted to do that so bad. She wanted to win a championship in Chicago. She wanted the downtown rally and then she got it. So yeah. I kind of asked her, I was like, you know, you followed those athletes and now you have young athletes looking up to you. What is that like? And she was like, you know, this championship, it's for them. It's for the city of Chicago. And I got chills. I'm getting chills now. And what I love about Candace Parker is, you know, she's one of the, she's, she's right up there with Tarasi. She's one of the best in the WNBA, one of the greatest athletes. And yeah. she's, you know, she's at that superstar level and sometimes superstars will give you those perfect, you know, polished up answers. She speaks from the heart and she yeah. really loves her hometown. She really loves Chicago. Um, and so it really meant, I think it meant the most to her uh, to win, to bring that championship, to help bring a championship, the first in franchise history for the sky. So I was really, that answer, I couldn't have, if, she couldn't have said it better. I'm really glad that she was the one to say that. Yeah, Can Candace is the best. And, and the, you, you could tell how dope she is by how people don't even talk about you – know, people mention that she's from Naperville. But right. when, she, when she flies the Chicago flag, like if she right. was just a regular person flying the Chicago flag yeah, we're Naperville. all like, oh, where are you from? Naperville? Yeah. <laughs> right. She's allowed. She's allowed. Yeah, nobody, <laughs> nobody checks her on it because she's that dope and, and she brought that title here and everything. And yes. um, right right quick, I'm getting to my experience from last season. Now, Absolutely. You know, I, I've, I, uh, this is really cool that you got to interview her one-on-one. I've been in scrums and, uh, you know, press conferences and stuff uh, from, you know, from really from just from last year. That was the first time that during the playoffs that I've even attended a Sky game. And I did it a couple times. I was, though, the team was cool enough to give me uh, uh, credentials under under my banner here with War Media. And uh, I got a couple other, a couple other of my people who I collaborate with, who have followed them prior to, uh, okay. you know, prior to being with me as well. So we were able to get together and do some things at the stadium. I was there the the night they clinched before the ah, final. Yeah, uh, when they won the yeah when they won uh, they clinched against Connecticut and they uh, beat eliminated them. I didn't get yeah. to go to the finals because they. You know, I guess this is sort of a typical thing, but the the credentials turned over to the league. Ah, uh, okay. So yeah, it was so the people you had to contact were different at that time, mm-hmm. and I just didn't get to do it, and I didn't get it in in time. I didn't even I wasn't even aware of who to really contact at that point, and mm-hmm. so I had to stay at home and everything. The championship, the the championship Sunday. I was I watched the the game here at uh here at my home, and mm-hmm. that was a day where I could have went to uh the Bears and you know because I had credentials for the Bears last year and I could have went that they played the Packers that day, but I, okay. I was so 
that was the time when they was like they were starting to turn and it was like uh they they just gonna get whooped by the Packers. So <laughs> I wanted to be I wanted to be available for the for the sky game. And you right. know, I had a, I skipped I skipped a game a couple weeks. Like like I say during that Connecticut series, I skipped the Bears when they played Detroit to okay. cover the sky game. So it was, I was, you know, and I was fine with that decision. I, some, I told some people in my life, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to the sky game. I'm not going to the Bears game. They was like, what you doing that for? But I was like, the sky are a championship team. They could be, you know, they, the Bears aren't going to be a championship team this year. Right. But, no, uh, I, this I respect but that. You know, but yeah. the, the sky were, the sky were, it was just such a great run. Yeah. And, and it was not a, it, it was, in some ways expected, but not expected because they came into the season looking like a team that could compete, but right. they had such a rough go of it in that first half of the season, especially it took them basically the whole season to get themselves together. Yes. And then once they got to the pl- the postseason, they couldn't be beat pretty much at right. that point. Yeah, it was All like right. something something sparked. Um, they, you know, they're out of twelve teams. They're the only team that finished at five hundred. Um, so you're kind of like, oh, you know, are you know what's going to happen? Are they going to make it far in the playoffs? And then, of course, you know, the Connecticut Sun were um, the number one team, and yeah. uh, they beat them three to one in the semifinals. So you're like, what? Wait, you have a chance. You have a chance at winning this whole thing. So um, I think the chemistry clicked uh, especially between well i mean i i would say especially between or among uh parker vandersloot and quigley and that's something that parker's mentioned to me before is um sh- you know she really wanted to win it you know of course for the whole team but specifically for uh vandersloot and quigley you know they've been on the team for a little bit now and um yeah. she just they mentioned had, i'm sure they were players that who she respected for oh a yeah. Long time seeing them yes. in the league. Yeah. yeah. And um you know she she's played against them before. I think when she won her uh championship in 2016 with with uh, Los Angeles. I think that the series before getting to the finals, I believe uh the Sparks beat the Sky and that was a team that had Quigley and Vandersloot. So I was asking her from like an opponent standpoint and, you know, as her teammates and she's, you know, she re- she really does respect their game. And, you know, she talks about how how they're some of the greatest players in the game. And she talked about their um, dr- their team drills together. And, she, you know, she would practice with those two specifically. And I, I really do yeah. think that the chemistry just clicked, um, especially, you know, in the playoffs. And she and she talked about them recruiting her with. Care packages of yeah. portillos and stuff. So yes, that's how they want it. Uh, <laughs> again, think, it's popcorn. I think out of everything. all the care, out of all the care packages, I'm pretty sure it was portillos that officially hooked her in. Oh yeah, yeah. She, you, you could tell she spoke when she speak about it. She was. Yeah, she she's not joking. So yeah. um, I think if portillos, if you're watching this, I'm sure you are. Um, you know, I think you should give. <laughs> uh, I should. I think you should give Candace Parker uh, free portillos for life. I mean, there, there's a lot of things that I think some these though the sky in particular and players and the the teams throughout that league could you know use more of a deserve deserve more of it. You know, it's not the fair. You know, it's not a 
when you talk about pro sports, everything isn't fair. But right. you know, it's it's really you know when you look at some of the inequities that are just sort of inbred in, in the WNBA, it's really unfortunate. But because right. when when does when you get down to it, the ball playing. And the in the environment when this really ramped up like it was last season, it could be great. Like we really, I think Chicago, I, I think really set a, a new standard for a sort of championship frenzy in that oh, league. Yeah. You know, because I I could I could date back to you know the the initial years of the league, and they has they've had some amazing teams in this league. You know, the four term champion uh Houston teams and in the late nineties, early two thousands and you mm-hmm. know, you, you like the some of those Sparks teams, the the Spark team in particular that uh you know that Candace won with and you know Minnesota wow. Lynx had some amazing teams. Like yes. they yeah they like they've had some great like there's just been the the story of women's basketball for the past twenty five years has been based on what's going on in, in America with you know, as far as a publicity way, you know, we, we've we've learned that in Europe they've actually made more money, and they, in right. some ways, they take the game more seriously over there than they do right. here. Unfortunately, but right. This, but being the WNBA being connected to the NBA has meant a lot in regards to it. You know, is being able to survive and and grow, and and you know, just like I say, making making the game more more people taking it seriously here in America is meaningful for the future of the game. Now I think there's a lot that we, we just got to keep, keep investing and keep, uh, you know, following up on the promise that's there. And, you know, I, I, I'll just toss it over to you, you know, in some ways, how do you think, you know, think that should be addressed with, with the league and, and, you know, in, in the present and going forward. Sure. I think one of the things like, you know, with the sky growing, especially more in um, the community of Chicago, you know, winning the championship um, marquee sports network, home of the Chicago Cubs um, recently yeah. announced a deal that they're going to host 16 of the regular season games on TV. I think that's a huge win, especially for the sky, especially for people who, you know, have access to marquee sports. I know some people still maybe don't have it um, on in their television packages, yeah. um, but I'm, I'm excited. Game one, you know, series, uh, this, the uh, season opener, excuse me, is tomorrow and it's actually against the Los Angeles Sparks. So it's yeah. a big deal because it's Parker, you know, playing against her old team. So I'm sure that's going to be the main storyline tomorrow. Of course, she was the, first overall pick by the Sparks in uh, 2008. She uh, she helped them, you know, win a championship in 2016. She was Rookie of the Year in 08. She's won two MVPs. So, I mean, that's going to be an incredible storyline. But, you know, I, I now, do now, think – oh, go now, ahead. I say right quick, that said, that, I mean, you know, I know NBA, the NBA playoffs is going on and stuff. Hockey, ESPN is yeah. back in with hockey and stuff. Right. I mean, to not find any place – on its networks for the ESPN networks at least. Yeah. I think that's that's a little bit this disheartening. It you is know, for, you know whether they could have had the game to they could have kept the game on Friday or maybe moved it to Saturdays. Sure. I remember last year they had a big premiere with the the sky in Washington. 
Okay. And that, that, that was the talk was then that they were, they had a pretty good rating and everything. But yeah. you know, to not follow that up this year, I think is a little disheartening. But you know, uh, this is still, I, I think it still stands to be covered well. Sure. And like you said, it's going to be on the Marquee Network and all that. And you know, I, I just want to see how that presentation is. If it's going to look, if it's going to look big time, like when the Bulls did their. It better. It better their, not look you know, like a high school broadcast. That or yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be talking to somebody at Marquee. I will. Um, no, yeah, as yeah. You, you mentioned, we all need to talk about it. Like if it, if, it's, if they come up short in, in any yeah. way, they'll hire you know, us. Marquee or, they should hire or the, us. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree with you. And um, you mentioned, you know, the bigger networks like ESPN. And I, I believe it was TNT that hosted the finals last year that I watched it on. Um, I think that those are the obviously bigger like primetime networks that sort of have their, you know, they know what they're going to schedule. The, you know, like you said, the hockey playoffs and they they already know uh, their schedule, I think, ahead of time. And, you know, the big, big ratings, big money, like those networks kind of really know what, like I said, they're going to um, yeah. assign, assign basically. Um, so what's cool about Marquee is it only really hosts the Cubs. I, I don't really know what other shows. I think I saw like some guy fishing after a Cubs game. Like they might have those types of things on Marquee Network. It's but random, I know, yeah. yeah, it's, it is kind of random, but I, what's great Not is like that, you know, yeah, yeah. What's great about Marquee is that it's just Cubs right now. So it can allow to host the sky. And so yeah. maybe this will be a network that's Cubs and sky, you know, maybe this is a test. Like let's, you know, let's have marquee host 16 games, but maybe they'll, you know, expand and it'll become home of the Cubs and the sky. So I really like to see that, but you know, you were like mentioning two on 26 too. I, I like, that? I, that's just, I like, I like the sky on 26 as well. Okay. Like the pro, the, the the production value isn't always that great, but mm -hmm. just to have a team, a local team on free TV, yeah. you know, and again, I'm not, not speaking, you know, yeah. uh, Ill, Ill of my employers or anything, but, you know, I, I'm old enough to remember when every team had a, some of their schedule at least on free TV, mm -hmm. and I think you lose a little something in your, in your in the market. But yeah. you know, Chicago is Chicago really benefited from that for a long time, much right. longer than a lot of other major markets in America, where we were able, like I say, we're able to watch some of all of our major teams on free TV. That's mm -hmm. not the case anymore. Yeah. So having the sky that that really in in allowed me, you know, it, it was easier for me to follow the the sky and get into the sky even before last fall, you know, by, you know, being able to see a ga occasional game on 26 or whatever, just whether right. I was just passing by, breezing by the channels or right. if I anticipated it, I could, I could, you know, it made it easier. And I think it makes it easier for a lot of other kids who may not have the same access to cable or, you know, streaming that others may have, you know, it's, uh, mm -hmm. and I know we think of it all as ubiquitous at this point, but a lot, some kids don't always have access to that. And I think, especially no. when you talk about the WNBA, reaching out and seeing, having kids be accessible, uh, have access to the game, 
is, right. is going to mean a lot for the step for women's basketball and for that league and its growth where, you know, say getting kids into the game and having kids grow up men and men and women grow up as from children, respecting the game and not feeling yeah. like secondary. And I, I really do think that people, especially, you know, people that follow Chicago sports, I think they do um, want more coverage of the sky because, and this could just be me and in my personal opinion, but on my Twitter, I could post, you know, maybe a, a bigger bear story, maybe not the biggest, but a slightly big bear story or a sock story. And I'll get maybe between zero to two likes. I don't even know if people read it. Maybe they just see a player they like and they're like, Oh, favorite. Um, anytime I write about the sky, I won't even have to tag or hashtag or anything. Um, I'll write about the Chicago sky and I'll immediately get like 10 to 15 likes. And I'm like, Oh, I think people, I think people want more coverage. I don't think they care yeah. about another Bears story. Another Justin Fields was spotted at where at whatever stadium. Um, I think people want to hear more about the sky. I don't know if they want to just hear it from me instead of my wordles and my sock stories. I think they want to hear <laughs> more about the sky. And I'm like, I'm all for that. Hey, listen, I'm trying to do my best and bring you some sky news the best that I can. Um, but I'm still learning There's about the appetite. There's definitely appetite here in yeah. Chicago. Yeah, I it think is. Part of, part of it is just the respect in general for good basketball. Yes. That is here. And, yes. You know, whether it's coming from, like I say, a, 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 a men's team or a women's team, right. it doesn't matter. And and that Sky team came at a great time because did. we didn't, it was it was before the Bulls had their little uh, yeah. you know, reawakening, you know. The, yeah. People were still like, well, we don't know what we're going to see for this Bulls team yet. Right. And the Sky came along and was like, look, look, this we we're showing you what a championship team is again here. And so I think a lot of people just here in Chicago missing that feeling got, you know, it was easy for them to get into that team uh because they were providing that again. And of course you had the star power of Candace Parker and and all that. And right. it's just a lot of things and, and we and we really do got some great people covering that team here in town, you know, whether it's you or Andy Constable or, you know, my man James Kay, who did a great job with the uh, uh, Tribune uh, late last year. You know, he works yeah. with my guy, uh, Chris, uh, Chris Pennant, who's a part of this podcast. So, you know, we got some you know, great, you know, great people here in Chicago who really are taking up for the cause and, you know, being just being good reporters, but also, you know, taking like I say, taking up for the cause of women's sports and women's basketball, and that's gonna that's not gonna end anytime soon. Yeah, I'm absolutely all for it. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm still new to the WNBA. Um, like I said, be, being a baseball nut, I could speak for hours about baseball, but it's really cool to learn as I go about the WNBA because I do write it from. You know, if there's a casual fan who maybe doesn't know about the sky or isn't really familiar about the WNBA, what do they want to know? And so I'm writing mm -hmm. kind of like as I'm learning and growing with our audience. And so I think that's pretty cool because, you know, like I said, I'm not a veteran reporter, but I'm I'm learning just like new fans that maybe didn't even know the sky were a great team or were in the finals. Maybe there's still fans that I don't know if they're listening right now that may have not known that they won 
their first championship. So, I mean, you can learn every day about something new about a new sport specifically. And like you said, it's just, it's all about, I think the reason you and I do this job is not only because we love it, we have a passion for sports, but you know, we want to see, we want to see our community grow. We want to see the sport grow. We want to give the best news and the best quotes and the best behind the scenes to our audience. And I'm just, I'm just as big of an audience fan as anybody else. Like I just happen to have this job, but like, I'm a huge fan as well. It's like, I read our stuff on our site and I'm following along just like everybody else. So it's really, really cool to see um, the WNBA, the sky rising in Chicago. Definitely. Definitely. And you know, uh, with that, that sort of uh, drive to learn and, and, and you know, and, and indoctrinate yourself more with the with the sky. I'm guessing that extends to the league as well. So, how have you really gotten into, you know, so researching or, or just you know, have you have you been taking in more uh, WNBA media overall from you know, uh, as looking at the league as a whole or, or from other uh, yeah, contenders or whatnot. I would say more so than I have um, last year, for sure. Um, definitely, again, not an expert, so I don't know every single player and every, you know, but I do know a little bit of the ins and outs in here and there. And, um, you know, you also mentioned, I believe, expansion earlier. Or how does how does the game grow? Um, you yeah. know, as we mentioned, there's only 12 teams, and they pretty much have a, a team in every major city, which is pretty cool. That's a big start, but I think that they do need to expand and there's always some hearsay of, Oh, they're going to be bringing in another team next year. You know, there's always rumors, but um, right. I'm curious to know, I have some thoughts on this, but I was curious to know um, if the WNBA, like if, if the league were to announce a new team in the next, let's say, I don't know, two to five years, like, which city do you think deserves it most, or should should a team be there most? Well, you know they they've had cities that have had teams and lost them. Yeah, like uh, Detroit and um, San Antonio. Uh, I think San Antonio became Las Vegas, and um, you know there's uh, I'm trying to think there maybe a couple others, but I would probably start in one of those cities that maybe have. Had teams lost team. and, and lost them, and sort of you know cities that have that maybe have NBA teams. Like I think you know, in some ways, the attachments of you know the early attachments where you had WNBA teams sort of uh, working under the umbrella of of established NBA teams. Mm-hmm. You know, it worked in some cases, and in other cases, it didn't work because they were sort of seen some of these teams were seen as now I don't know they seem like they were seen as seen as write-offs or something like that for okay. these these uh NBA franchises and they didn't really invest in them again you know invest is a key word they didn't put money into these teams to compete and do things that uh, would allow the, t- the teams to have staying power in their respective markets so i think the key out you know i could you could put a team anywhere i think I think the key it really actually would be the ownership and who's who's putting that those initial stakes into these teams. You know, if you want to bring a team to a smaller market like yeah. a Kansas City or a Portland or uh you know even like a, a, a non 
traditional pro market like a Birmingham or something like that. Right. You know, the possibilities are there. You just got to have people, I think, who have money and have the willingness yeah. to invest in women's basketball. Yeah. I actually saw a tweet. I think it was it was the WNBPA and like Delta Airlines. They sort of had this little joke. Um, Delta Airlines was like talking about just some locations and in general. Um, I don't know if it was like they were talking about flight destinations or something, but the WNBPA like replied back like, oh, are there so like are there any destinations to Nashville Toronto or the Bay Area. So then people were thinking like, oh, are those the next three cities or, you know, is there a team going to be located in one of those three cities? But it's funny because before I saw that tweet, I was also on my little list I had of where a team could be, uh, where I'd like to see a team next. I also listed the Bay Area. That was my number one, seeing a team maybe in San Francisco or Oakland. Um and I thought, you know, the only team um, in, the, in the WNBA from California is the, is the Sparks. So I was like, oh, maybe, you know, having sort of like this rivalry between like a San Francisco team and a Los Angeles team would be cool. Obviously, we know that uh, the Golden State Warriors mm-hmm. have really revamped uh, basketball in their community, mm-hmm. specifically in the last, uh, I would say, five to ten years. And so I think bringing a WNBA team would really just – Oh my gosh! I think it would stack up Oakland even more, um, especially. That'd be a great place. Yeah. yeah, I think it really would. I really do. Um, so and, and um, another another one of those teams was in Sacramento. There was a team in Sacramento. Oh, okay. See, I didn't so know that. So you're, you're not talking the Bay Area exactly, but close yeah. by. Yeah. So maybe maybe you can draw fans from that wider area, yes. Sacramento, San Jose. Yeah. As long, along with Oakland and, and and San Francisco, and you know, yeah, they we know they love basketball up there, and mm-hmm. they, there's money up there <laughs> in Silicon Valley. So they I got mean, that full house that money. A, they got that Bob Saget full <laughs> house money, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be an ideal place, I think, to to have another team. And I, yeah. I, I you when you just saying it, I didn't even think that yeah, the Sparks are the only California team, and they, and they have. You know uh, what they have? What four or five teams in the NBA in that state? And you know it, it's again, you know that that doesn't look basketball's right. You know? Yeah, basketball is loved in California. So yeah, yeah. WNBA. If you're listening, Bay Area. Um, also yeah. on my also on my list. Um, I didn't see any Florida any teams from Florida. So maybe a Tampa yeah. team, um, Miami possibly, uh, Orlando. I think that there's a basketball community there as well. And if, if not, it's like, you know, we mentioned earlier, you, you learn something new every day. So, you know, I'm thinking of places where maybe women's basketball isn't maybe super popular. So I'm thinking like Utah or like Wyoming or something like that. But <laughs> I think you can always insert a sport and maybe people, they didn't know what they were missing and they could become the biggest fans, you know? So if there's a, if there's maybe some areas in Florida where WNBA maybe isn't so popular, I think, you know, try it out, you know, you well, know, look, look at, look at in the NBA where I think the best example of this would probably be Oklahoma city mm-hmm. where a generation ago, nobody would have thought of Oklahoma city as being a place where you'd have an yeah. NBA team, 
but right. then they had the little experiment when New Orleans had to be up there because of the had to settle up there because of the the hurricane, Hurricane right. Katrina. Then they found out just how much people loved basketball there. Yeah, they gave they give them a team. They uh, they uh, a successful team is built there for a little while, and it becomes one of the most frenzied uh, areas in in the in the country. And Absolutely. you know, even though the team isn't as good now, they still are maintaining that franchise there. So, yeah, like you said, you never know until you try. You know, and Absolutely. some of these markets may be ripe for a type of women's basketball revolution, as it were. Yeah. There's a need. And you never know, like, you know, boys and girls that watch basketball, but I'm talking about um, especially girls that, you know, need role models too. So maybe there's a little girl in Florida that's like, you know, doesn't really have, mm -hmm. doesn't have a Candace Parker or Diana Taurasi to like look up to. So we could have the next Diana Taurasi in Florida and we, you know, nobody knows it. So um, it's really important to expand. So I really hope that the WNBA does. Um, I don't know if we're going to see three teams in the next five years, but I'll, I'll settle for at least one. Really good. And the final point on that, I think, is that, you know, that's a great point about the future. But, you know, even looking at the present where you have one of the storylines that I see on social media from the past couple of days, uh, the major storylines coming from the the league is the major cuts that have occurred from the existing team, the 12 teams, yeah. like you say, that's, they're not enough. Rock. There's, 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 there's a couple things involved in this where you have a sort of a strict salary cap and mm -hmm. you have a, a small number of teams. So that means, you know, the teams can't spend money. They, they're not encouraged to spend money to us only encouraged to a certain degree to spend money. And, there's only so many spots on each team. So right. you have, you look at the WNBA, 12 teams give each having like maybe uh, 12 spots essentially. Mm -hmm. And so you're talking about, you know, I, mean, I don't, I don't expose my, my math, my math, skills, but 12 times 12, you know, 100, uh, 144, 144. <laughs> I, 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 I gave myself enough time. This is yeah, why right, we right. write. We can't do math. Exactly. Right. That's that's what that's what the things we 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 have to. You have to know about journalism. I you, gave up math a long like time math. ago. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, except for baseball, people. There baseball we go. Journals. There we go. But <laughs> but uh, you know, 144 spots mm -hmm. in in a country where you know, look at how many young women are playing basketball in the college sport who are really ex excel excellent. You know, and yeah. you know, we see it. We see it in in March every year with the tournament, and you know, yeah. the majority of those women they have to go again overseas or somewhere, yeah. some, do something else with their lives. They're getting paid for overseas, yeah, yeah. But because they can't, and and part of it is because they can't even get on these WNBA teams where they right. they're it's not even making the money that they make overseas, but they want at least play here in their country and play in front of their friends or family and stuff. Right. But then you get, you get cut from these teams because they only have so many spots. Right. So it's like, you know, if the WNBA had at least three more teams, you know, how if they were, uh, you know, 15, 16 teams, that would make up a lot of the talent disparity that yeah. that is there in the league where, you know, you can't even keep 
players who are probably who are really at a professional level. You can't even keep them. I know. And, and it's, it's sad, you know. That's that 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 has to be a storyline entering a season where so many people are are in the league and who follow the league are like, man, what all these all these women have to be let go when you know we like to see them play and we don't yeah. know where we're going to see them play for the time being. Yeah, it's kind of like you know I don't know who like the equivalent of a, a top. NBA player is so let's just go with Steph Curry but like the female equivalent of Steph Curry it's like it's like uh turning away Steph Curry and saying oh sorry um your, your talent's <laughs> great but we don't have room for you and then Ste poor yeah. Steph Curry like, has to be you know a teacher or you know has to maybe if he still wants to work in athletics maybe you know a coach or a, an athletic director but you know it's kind of like you are knocking down that god-given talent and you know turning it away it is really sad it is really sad and something does need to be changed yeah yeah we'll no like i said that's that's definitely a reason why i'm advocating for uh you know for expansion for the league and yeah. and, and for and for bigger for for more money into the league so that those women can be paid who are who are there now like they shouldn't yeah, be we'll so restricted money. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, I guess, you know, another thing I wanted to uh, touch on, uh, you know, as we talk about the league as a whole is uh, the, the Brittany Griner situation. Mm. Um, you know, they announced uh, earlier this week that uh, they're going to be decals uh, of her initials and her jersey number on all the arena courts uh, for this season. So, the you know uh, definitely definitely show a solidarity, which is something that we could become accustomed to with that league when they, uh, you know, when they get behind something, the cause, uh, you know, even if it's outside of what they, you know, what people might think is their scope, they mm -hmm. uh they they get behind it and they're pretty unified as a as a you know as a set of players and athletes and what and, and franchises. And um, you know this this is affecting their this is definitely affecting them. It's, it's definitely mm -hmm. close to home. It's one of their own, you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, Griner being uh, you know the, the the sort of reclassification uh, in the eyes of of American diplomats that uh, has been announced this week as well with her, uh, you know, a positive uh, positive development there where uh, the possibility of her being seen as a, a you know, I guess a diplomatically being seen as a different uh, case in Russia as opposed to just a, being a, a criminal who got caught up, which is right. how so many people sort of uh, saw her early on, at least in the, on that side of the world. Uh, right. But now she's seen as wrongfully detained, uh, technically, mm -hmm. and uh, the, the possibility is that she can be negotiated out of that situation sooner than later. Uh, you know, I, you know, what are your thoughts on that whole situation? And do you think yeah. that's something that may be rectified during this coming season? I do think that the issue shows that it's more than just a game and that there's, you know, bigger issues to be settled. We have our countries are very different um, and it, it's kind of crazy how some people may think that she is rightfully detained and however most of us i would believe uh think that she is wrongfully detained which in my opinion she is um and i think it's really great that it's not just her home team that's showing 
their support, you know, because it's their player having the decals on just their territory. It's all 12 teams. Um, so I think really, you know, standing solidarity, standing in solidarity is pretty cool because like I said, it's, it's more than just a game. It's more than just a sport you're talking about, just like world issues now. Um, I think we all need to get on the same page at some point, but I, I do really respect that they all will be um, honoring Griner. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it'd, it'd be such a loss if she's not available to yeah. uh, WNBA at all this year, because like we, was, we said earlier, that team that she's on is definitely the contender of that Phoenix team. And, yeah. uh, you know, it'll be, it, it'll be rough just, you know, imagine her not being in in the finals last year, the playoffs last year. Right. Do, do they even get that far if she's not there? And right. you know, I mentioned this. I mentioned this on Tuesday with with my guys. Like, you know, if 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 this was an NBA player of her caliber being detained oh, overseas, there's no the, way the start of a would, There's no way she would be detained anymore. Yeah, it's yeah. sad. It'd be such it'd be such a bigger deal in general. It like, it's, it's ridiculous, you know. Yeah. So, you know, be, beyond the fact that this should be a bigger deal, is like, you know, at least at least there is some some things that are there. There are some gears that are being grinded here, and and uh, you know, hopefully, it'll lead to her being free and with her family uh, again, and her her teammates and uh, everybody yeah. who she loves here in America. Sooner rather than later, and and again, it's 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 to the credit of the league that they're making a a, a unified statement and uh you know showing their support. Yeah. And speaking of statements, uh, okay. I, I would I would regret not mentioning the statement that uh, the WNBA made uh, yesterday uh, in reaction to the uh, the all the news with the uh, impending uh, uh, repeal. It looks like a rove. Roe v. Wade, uh, mm -hmm. you know the leak of the information coming from the Supreme Court uh, really has uh, been a uh, d distressing thing for a lot of Americans, sure. and uh, you know a lot of people who I think who admire the WNBA in particular uh, probably feel uh, the worst about it. But uh, you know the WNBA made a statement. Uh, I'm reading off of their Twitter yesterday. They said. Uh, the WNBA believes all women have the right to autonomy over their bodies and fair and equal access to health care. We will continue to support and advocate for women and their personal decisions regarding their health. We all also right. must act to protect women's rights and elections have consequences. That is why okay. civic engagement and voting rights will remain the focus as we tip off the 2022 WNBA season. Really, you know, awesome. yeah, uh, just a great statement and the type of thing that I Again, we we've come to expect from that league, you know, dating back to you know even before the uh, Black Lives Matter protests and everything right. from uh, a couple years ago. But the way, like, say the way they stood in the in their bubble at that time down in Florida was was amazing. And again, players individually and as units have made statements for years. Uh, mm -hmm. To that degree, you know, like say supporting civil rights, supporting human rights, and uh, and, and this is this is them again. This is again close to home. Is speaking about women's rights, rights to their bodies, and the reproductive rights here in America. And yeah. it's interesting to me, like 
this seemed to be that a, a time where it's, it's just steps is is sort of in sync with the league and allows them to utilize their platforms again and their their voices uh, as athletes and as uh, as as uh, public figures to 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 do good and mm-hmm. to inform and 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 you know make like say galvanize other supporters of those issues and you know uh, it seems meant to be you know as much of it, it sucks that we have to go through this struggle. Right. It seems meant to be that it's happened happening the same week that the WNBA is reconvening as a league. You know, you, I, right. uh, you have any thoughts to on that? Uh, yeah, it sounds like our government needs to be run by the WNBA. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just um, like I said earlier. You know, I really respect that the WNBA specifically realizes that it's more than just a game. Like, it's not just, you know, these over six foot athletes shooting baskets and trying to make money because some of them don't really make a lot of money, as we talked about earlier in in this in this stream. Um, it really is about human rights, and it's more about the human than than the player. So, I do respect the WNBA, but you know, you mentioned just the issues that we're going through now, it it really is sad that we're so far behind, especially compared to other countries and not trying to get like political or anything like that. But um, it's just really sad that we do really seem um, like we're retrogressing at times and we're not really progressing moving forward. Um, It's really sad to see, but I do respect, I have a hundred percent respect for the WNBA and I didn't. I was not aware of that tweet, so I'm glad that you read it to me. Um, for you know, for them taking a stand, and yeah, it's all I have to say is it's more than just a game. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> exactly, exactly, more than a game, and, and like I say, if, as much as any league in American sports, they represent that and to the fullest, and they uh, they they stand behind their words. So definitely, uh, as a, this that's as much of a reason as any. I think. You know, really, like I said, I've always had an admiration for the game and the sport and uh, so many of the athletes in it. But I think, like I said, the way that they they stood up in uh, 2020 really yeah. sort of in, in, really sort of sold me, you know, for, you know, really indefinitely in, in about, mm-hmm. you know, I should I should give my support to that league and as much as I can and as much of my platforms that I have available to me, you know, I want to, uh, you know, big up the sport and, and there's people in it and make sure that people understand that other people understand why it's important and why it's not just, you know, something to, you know, maybe distract you over the summer, you know, while the NBA isn't going on, you know, it's not just right. uh, it was more than that, you know, and if you really love basketball and if you really love, you know, if, if you really are about the things that you say, you a lot of people say they about certain things and they, yeah. they don't really but they won't stand, stand up. Them. Yeah. 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 So I think, you know, if you're really about those certain things in this country and, you know, you want to see some, you know, some uh, better representation and, mm-hmm. and, you know, again, this it is sports. It is pop, pop culture and all, but, you know, right. it's important. And, you know, these, like I say, these, these women put a lot on the line 
just by making the statements that they make. And they do it for, again, a lot less money. Yeah, a lot yeah. less recognition, publicity, everything, marketing, everything. Yeah. So they should, you know, they should they should have your support. Uh and uh that's why I'm glad to do stuff like this and have people like you mm -hmm. on to talk about it. And uh, you know, I'm glad like I'm glad you you agreed to come on, Steph. I'm glad you had the time. And we wound up doing twice as much time as I was expecting. Yeah. Like I said. I didn't want to hold you too long, but we had a great combo. Uh, yeah, and, uh, it was this, was, this was real fun. Yeah, I'd love to hop on again, and um, I was yeah. happy to talk. I was especially happy to talk about the sky, especially um, their season opener. I did want to mention. I don't know how much time you've got left. I did want to mention. Um, I got. Um, I got a uh, report from the team today saying that uh, Allie Quigley, of course, one of the core players, she will be out tomorrow. She's dealing with some knee issues. Um, okay. The Sun-Times did report earlier today that she should maybe be back sometime next week. Um, she's not feeling 100%. So James Wade is like, you know what? Let's just keep it safe. Tomorrow's just the first game. Let's keep you healthy. So I think it's a very smart decision on both their parts to have her sit out. Um, of course, Kalia Copper, 2021 Finals MVP. She's still overseas, um, so I don't. I don't think she's gonna be. <laughs> she's gonna be back in time tomorrow. So that's no. two core. That's two core players that won't be in the lineup tomorrow. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how the sky will play. I think that they should use it as a test. Of course, knock on wood, we don't hope for any major injuries, but it's a good test to see. If you don't have Quigley, if you don't have Copper, how this team will play without those two uh, starters. So I think that's also something to watch out for. And to anybody that's listening to this and you have Marquee, watch the sky tomorrow. Just even if it's background noise, like, you know, those views help, you know, the broadcasters, maybe you learn something that, you know, I like learning facts all the time. I'll be cooking something. I, I hear a fact and I'm immediately intrigued. So I definitely, you know, recommend if you're a Chicago sports fan, if you love basketball, if you love your community, definitely check out the sky, even if it's just for a minute or two, maybe five minutes, um, the sky could really use your support. Right. Definitely. Definitely. And I'm glad you brought that up too, because there I did see some coverage uh, uh, in particular in the Sun Times today about their roster situation. And there, yes. there are a couple of players who are not available to them yeah. now because of, uh, other, uh, you know, restrictions or, or you know, other responsibilities and stuff. Right. They, I know they they have that big they have the big Chinese player. Yeah, who, Lee. Uh, so a lot of people talk about as well. Yeah, she's uh, working to get her visa, if I understood that correctly. Um, and then of course, you know, Copper, Julie Aleman, Rebecca Gardner, they're overseas and they're not expected to come back till mid May. Yeah. So yeah, there, there'll be some challenges for the team starting off, but as like as we spoke to uh, er earlier about their 2021, mm -hmm. they you know they were able to uh, you know 500. overcome a lot yeah a lot of uh, bad stuff that happened in the early part of yeah. the season, uh, injuries and uh, other and players not being around and stuff, and uh, you know they had that big. You know the the Olympic break was was kind of crazy right. too with all that right. happened there, but they overcame and so you know definitely looking at this this year's team the the possibility is there for them to do more 
And, you know, hopefully they won't, like I say, put themselves in as much of a hole as they did last year. Right. But they still have their, they still have their big weapons. They brought in, uh, you know, the uh, Messelman, the, uh, you know, yeah, they the, now uh, have three MVPs on the roster. Messman, yeah. um, they got Parker, Copper. So James Wade knows what he's doing. Um, I give yeah, credit to him. You know, they, they want to repeat. They want a repeat championship. So they also he also signed um, the core three. He earlier this season, um, this offseason, he, you know, re-signed Copper, Quigley, Vandersloot. So, yeah, he, he knows what he's doing. Quigley and Vandersloot wasn't a, it wasn't a lock, you know, for a, long, for a little yeah. while. It was, it was worried that they wouldn't be uh, brought in. I'm, I'm going to look real quick about – because uh, there hasn't been a repeat champion in a while. Uh, let me look that up right quick. But it, there's definitely a big – no, it would be history-making. It would. Uh, if, if I think that would, that would definitely help shine a light more on women's basketball, especially in the Chicago community, because look at all the success. Look at all that it's done since October. There's been a lot of good buzz, of course, Marquis picking them up. I think that winning another championship, oh, my gosh, it could only skyrocket marketing more, hopefully publicity. Um, you know, July 10th, uh, the Sky at Wintrust Arena, they're going to host – um, for the first time, they're going to host the WNBA All-Star Game. So a lot of yeah. uh, fun activities will be around uh, scheduled around that time. So I'm excited for the publicity around that time as well. Um, and of course, the ring, the championship ring ceremony is May 24th. I'll be going. I'll be going as a fan, and um, I'm really excited to see that turnout. I'm really excited. Yeah, it looks like the last repeat champion. Was the Sparks? And, I was going to say it has to be the Sparks. Was yeah, Lisa Leslie on that team? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, I think yeah. Okay, so that was the Lisa Leslie era. Um, in fact, I don't. I'm going to bring up Disney Channel really quick. Um, I remember <laughs> okay. watching a Disney Channel movie. It was called Double Teamed, and I don't remember like what the like the who the sisters were i don't i think they actually ended up playing for a little bit in the wnba but they were two twins who i don't know they were like these really tall girls and i actually don't even know like what part of town they lived in but they ended up like being they were i think they were kind of clunky on court but with the proper coaching they they like they used their height to their advantage they learned how to ball handle they learned how to be really great basketball players and then ended up um, playing in the WNBA, but I remember, I believe there was a reference of Lisa Leslie in the movie. Like, I think maybe one of the players, I don't know if like she was a teammate of Lisa Leslie's, but I just remember um, that was like the first time that I really got introduced to the WNBA. And I was, oh man, I was probably like six years old. Um, and I remember Lisa Leslie was like, the state she was like the star she was like the face of of the WNBA so like moments like that that's what i'm talking about is 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 how the game grows it definitely needs more recognition and expansion yeah i'm trying i'll try to look the movie up right quick but <laughs> oh double team yeah oh, oh yeah. yeah oh you see the title okay double team yeah 
double double teamed i think it was called with an ed at the end double teamed yeah i was talking about it the other day um and uh it's it's got its cheesy moments but it's a it's a good one it's a good one if you got disney plus i'm sure it's on there <laughs> I might check that out. Yeah, Double T, two thousand two. Uh, oh, okay. Based so on the life not, stories. I was eight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. You were a little younger than me, but that's yeah. Uh, I don't. Real. Who Who are the players based on? Because I just remember them being twins. I didn't remember their names. Heather and Heidi Burge. Bird. Okay. Burge. Yeah. Oh, Bird. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Burge. Burge. Yeah. I remember that now. Okay. Yeah, Heather right. and Heidi. That was a good one. Now I'm probably, go. like, probably gonna watch it now. Yeah, those like those that that team that emerged that first generation of WNBA yes. stars that sort of emerged from the '96 Olympic team. They were like, right. and you look at the impact they have up to today with like Don Staley coaching at South Carolina, building like a dynasty down there. Like, they mm -hmm. were those were some amazing players, and uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, I have, I have to give some mention too to Cynthia Cooper, uh, mm -hmm. the reports that came out today about her and harassment involving players that she's coached at uh, Texas Southern and USC. That's definitely a, a you know a, a downside uh, of the legacy of those players from that era. But in yeah. in all, those players, you know, really represented. You know America and represented the game uh, in, on an incredible level for years, and you know you look at people like Rebecca Lobo being sort of the voice, one of the voices of the game uh, through her announcing today and two, and you know uh, I, I see you and, and there's different there's different reference points too for pop culture like you have that double team. I always mm -hmm. have the, the episode of Martin where okay. the girl the girls appeared. But when Martin thought that his wife was going to play him in in uh, in some street ball, and she yeah. brought the Olympic basketball team, you know, okay. Dawn Staley and Lisa yeah. Leslie and Lobo was on the episode. And, okay, uh, I gotta watch that episode. Yeah, what? Well, yeah, you, you could you could almost see that sort of randomly on VHS yeah. or BET if you look if you look uh look hard enough but yeah. yeah that was that was a big moment like Don Staley I saw her on an episode of Bomani Jones HBO show recently and, he, and she said she's recognized as much for that as, as really? she's done on the court yeah yeah so okay <laughs> maybe maybe start uh putting some WNBA stars um into some primetime shows then you know maybe Candace Parker Maybe Candace Parker, maybe we'll see her on Mandalorian next season, you know? Just <laughs> holding baby dope. Yoda, you know, with throwing him up like, you know. Uh, no, I, I think that that's, that's awesome that um, you, you know, our memories are, are different and yours, you know, is remembering from a favorite TV show, you know. And then maybe it sparked your interest a little bit about the WNBA and now you remember... Yeah. Yeah, you remember Lobo. It made, like, you remember. Them, it made me see them as stars and as yeah. equals like, exactly. like anyone else. So, yeah, I think there's there's so many ways that um, players could be recognized. And they're just not. They're not given the opportunity like, like some of the, you know, male athletes that we see, of course, in the NBA. And, yeah, it, it needs to change. And it's really easy for me to sit here and say it needs to change. But like, you know, it's not it's not up to me. But 
you and I, like the best we can do is do this and, you know, it, it promote the sky, promote the WNBA, write our stories. All That's all we can do as, as reporters, as producers, as content producers. Um, and we, maybe we hope that somebody from the WNBA hears this. And I'm sure that a lot of them want the same thing, you know, as far as promotion goes, but yeah, yeah there's, there's I, a whole I, lot I'm of always, yeah. I'm always open to covering the sport more. I just, a couple of my guys, uh, on text while, while I'm recording this, I said, mm-hmm. the guys who flaked on me today, but, oh, uh, tacos. but they were talking, they were talking about, you know, one, one of them is going to be credential for the game tomorrow. Cool. Uh, at least one of them. And, uh, they're going to be there. And, you know, it's it's like I say, I'm I'm always encouraging that from this show and from other shows. Yeah. And I'm I'm so glad that you are playing a part of it too. And I would encourage our, our bosses to get you know help get you credential uh for this coming year as well. You know, it's not too late. Like it's it's never too really too late. I I like I, said, I had a great experience with the team last year and I didn't really talk to them until again the playoffs. So Same like, here. Yeah. Same here. When I was assigned to cover the last couple games, like I said, I didn't have a clue about stats. And, you know, sometimes, um, like, if you follow the MLB specifically, NFL, there's always live stats. Like, a second someone does something, you can find that stat online. With the WNBA, it's a little bit harder. Um, so I uh, had to really rely on the um, media team and they've been kind to me ever since that game three. Like I email them. Sometimes teams maybe don't get to your email right away. They emailed me so fast. We're like, here's everything you need to know. Like, let us know if you have any questions. I remember having a couple of questions in game. And this was the finals again. And I was like, there's no way they're going to get back to me. Got back to me right away. Because um, they, they, they love the sport just as much as, you know, we're trying to follow and cover it. Like they want people to follow this too. And it's not just a job and they've been really, really kind to me, which is why I would like to really work with them more because there's some people, you know, in this industry, it's really hard. Um, it's really hard. They're really hard to work with. And sometimes it makes your job, you know, not fun to see people that aren't as passionate as you, but I have nothing but good things to say from um, the staff members with the sky. They've been really kind and helpful um, to me specifically. And I think to our, uh, the rest of our colleagues at NBC sports Chicago. So just want to commend them and um, wish them really well this season. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to shout out to everybody involved with the sky uh, on the, on the, on the media side and uh, shout out to our, compadres at NBC Sports Chicago. Well, shout out to you, Steph. Ah, You've been a great guest. Thank you. Uh, really appreciate you coming on again. And uh, last minute, last moment. Your, yeah, your, you know, uh, I, was, I was supposed to do Jimmy Fallon, but you called and I was like, <laughs> oh my God, Kyle, I've never been on a show. But yeah, no, it's yeah. been awesome. And we, bumped, just, and we bumped Matt Damon for you. So that's Yeah, oh man, that's, <laughs> that's great. That's, that, yeah. wow. Yeah, my yeah. movie's gonna be better anyway. So. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> let, let everybody know before we wrap up uh, how to follow you online. Oh yeah. Uh, like I say your so, work is on NBC Sports Chicago, so NBC yeah. Sports dot com slash Chicago, and um, 
uh, that's definitely where you can find her work, her writing. And uh, like I say, any, any, however else you want people to follow you online. Yeah, the best way to follow me is on Twitter. I'm at StephStremp17. That's S-T-E-P-H-S-T-R-E-M-P-1-7. Um, and you can follow my articles. You can follow along at NBCSports.com slash Chicago slash Stephanie uh, da- dash Strempluski. It's a really long last name. It's the longest last name I'm sure that we have on staff. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you following along, whether it's specifically for Sky or Sox or Bulls, whatever it is. Uh, I'm working Wordle. every day. Yeah, or Wordle. Yeah, I'm working every day and, and learning as just like our audience too. I, I often call myself a novice reporter, but you know, you got to start somewhere. And I was really lucky to cover the sky and I'm so glad that they won it. Cause as we mentioned, it was a really close uh, matchup there between Phoenix and, uh, but Phoenix, Phoenix could, and I'm going to be really corny here. Phoenix could rise from the ashes this year. <laughs> we might, we're going to see them in the playoffs. I really do believe that. Um, but we're oh, also, yeah. I think you and I are hoping for a repeat championship from our Chicago sky. Oh, no doubt. I, I definitely am. I'm not, I'm not uh, going to be a, uh... Uh, I'm not gonna like say hide my bias there. I'm, I'm definitely rooting for the sky, but yeah. uh, definitely, like I say, you can look at Phoenix being co- competitive. Seattle is always Absolutely. competitive. Yeah. LA, I think you know they brought bringing in Liz Cambage. Definitely gonna be a big addition to their front line, and uh, you know they can they can make some noise out west. And I think Connecticut probably is gonna come back strong. In I the think East so. Side, you know. And yeah, maybe New York as well. They got some young talent, but they may uh, grow some more this year. But they, you know, you look at a player like, uh, you know, like Sabrina Inescu, like she's probably going to be like a maybe, uh, you know, when you look at someone like a Luca in the NBA, she may be like someone similar like that in, in, right. in, the, in the WWE. And they picked up uh, our girl Steph Dolson too, New York did. Yeah. So. We know how effective she is, and she has the championship pedigree. So uh, going back to uh, her days in UConn, so you know that, that that could be a tough team there in New York. So it's gonna be fun, man. The, the WNBA, like you know, here in Chicago, you guys folks should definitely take the time if you haven't. Oh yeah, you know, try to get to a game and or or, or two or as many yeah. games as you can this year at at the Wintrust. It's a great place to see a ball game, and um, you know wherever you watching this or listen to this, and, and you're you know if you're close to a WNBA teams, you know try to support them as well if you if you're not yeah, already. Absolutely, even even women's college basketball as well. Um, just support support our women. <laughs> um, they work exactly. really hard. Yeah, yeah. They work really hard, and there's always – I don't know if you watch the show Broad City, but there was an episode where Blake Griffin was on, and he was I, telling I, one of, he was telling Alana, he was telling the main character, he was like, you know, we, he's like, we steal our moves from the WNBA. That's probably true. I mean, come on. No. Yeah. Um, yeah but, so, but see, that's the thing. That's the thing, too. Like, NBA players are some of the biggest supporters of the WNBA. Absolutely. WNBA whether you you can see them at coming out to games or they the way they speak about like yeah. real respects real you no know, hoopers respect hoopers so Absolutely. that's why I always that's why I always be like if you know you some jerk you know overweight jerk and you know I'm a, you know I'm, I'm I can be an overweight jerk in some ways but but <laughs> it, it, you know if you're just some overweight jerk sitting on your couch talking about oh, I could, I used to play you know oh, I yeah. play 
That's me in the Olympics. Those be the worst ones talking about, you know, what they can and can't do and what they can't do. I'm eating my potato chips, like watching the Olympics, like that guy fell. What? No, I have so I have so much respect for all athletes. That's why I'm that's why I do this job because I am a failed athlete and failed athletes failed athletes become writers, Kyle. So (laughs) that's where I'm at. (laughs) Exactly. So yeah, we, we know the deal, and and you know, Hoopers know the deal. Like I say, real respect's real. So you're not going to catch me disrespecting anybody who gets out there at that level because they know what they're doing, and they worked oh, hard yeah. to get where they are. Yeah, and so, you know some of those players, they're the best athletes in the world. doesn't matter what sport. Like some of those athletes in the WNBA are top tier. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's how we will continue to look at them here. We're gonna be definitely following throughout the the uh, the twenty two season, uh, and, and definitely like like Steph, I'll definitely get you back on uh, and talk with uh, me and my other guys about uh you know whatever man you know what up basketball in general yeah definitely WNBA as as you uh, cover it more uh, for NBC Sports Chicago. So once again, really appreciate you. Oh, thanks, you, you Kyle. Gave me it gave me a real dope WNBA preview. I wanted to do. I just wanted to do something before the season got forward progress uh, officially tomorrow. Yeah. But uh, like I said, next week we'll have some more coverage with Sabria Whitaker, uh, and um, you know we'll, like I said, we'll keep up throughout the rest of the season, even with the, the NBA stuff going on. Because this is a, a pure basketball show. We talk about basketball from all angles on Running with War. So uh, keep following us on War Media, uh, all major platforms, YouTube, uh, uh, Twitter, of course. You, know, you can watch this podcast on Twitter or YouTube uh, and uh, you know, Facebook, IG, all that. Uh, run uh, War on Anchor, our podcast platform, we distribute to all major uh, podcast platforms. So if you uh, you like to listen on Apple, we're there. You like to listen on Spotify, we're there. iHeartMedia, whatever. You can listen to us on any major podcast platform. So uh, definitely support. And uh, you know, if you like what we do, give us a good rating. Pass us on to your friends and family, and uh, you know, give a recommendation however you can. And we appreciate. We definitely appreciate that. Support those who support us as well. Uh, Ticks Blitz. 5% off any order on TixWits.com or the TixWits app. Use the promo code WAR. And you know, if you want to go to a Sky game and get a little bit off for your, you know, save a little bit of money, use the code WAR. And, uh, hey, you need that popcorn money, you know? Save some yeah, money yeah. for some popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's it for now. Uh, Steph, definitely appreciate you. Uh, I'm Kyle Means. Uh, That's it for us for now. Keep bouncing and keep supporting women's sports. That's it. I like this because now you know exactly when the recording is starting. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, bro. Exactly. And that's your signal. Y'all know what time it is. It is the one, it is the only In The Scope podcast with your boy, Joshua M. Hicks, senior writer for War Media. You can follow me on the Instagram and the Twitter at Josh M. Hicks Media. And this go around, got another special friend coming on the show. He is a freelancer, 
but he knows his stuff when it comes to the reporting. And let's just say that he has pretty good insight because he has a pretty nice connection with Mark Cuban and the Dallas Mavericks. Just a hint, you know. He knows him pretty well. He gets called by name. So <laughs> <laughs> with that being said, man, I'm glad to have my guy uh, Landon Buford on the show. Landon, bro, how you doing, man? How's the, the freelance life? I think you said you, as a freelancer, you was also doing some writing under your uh, your domain, yeah, you your own uh, website and, and brand. So how's that? How's all that stuff coming along? I mean, it's it's coming. You know, obviously, you know, I'm getting picked picked up. Sorry, uh, by um, you know, various publications depending on what I'm writing. I'm also at uh, Sports Illustrated uh, covering the Miami Heat for their section of the of the Sports Illustrated side of things and then I'm in, uh, I'm also contributing for um uh, a meta site um which is a, a you know a sports blog too so I mean I'm kind of keeping myself busy in between you know looking for new you know new new adventures things of that nature you know how that goes yeah for sure you so but okay so you're writing for on the Miami heat so are you actually traveling to Miami Beach and all that or mm-hmm. are you just doing it from the crib I'm doing it from the crib Okay. Okay. I let, I let I let the main contributors talk about the playoffs, and I try to stick stuff in when I when I see it. Because, I mean, um, if they're covering something, you already know that it's you know they're going to cover most of the, the stuff already. So you got to get the tidbits of the what, you know, in the if it's you know Twitter you know Twitter uh, spaces or things of that nature, people coming in things of that nature. So. Yeah, yeah, I feel you, man. It's the, it's the dip, different realms that are out there you got to tap into that mm-hmm. others aren't. I, I, I definitely understand. They're doing you bogus, though. Now, I bring you to Miami. I'm, if I'm saying you want to cover the heat, I need to be in Miami Beach. I need to well, be. That, I mean, think, of, think about it. That's, you know, for the playoffs, that's travel. That's, you know, a stipend, things of that nature. You know, we still in this pandemic, man. You know what I'm saying? People, people kind of lightweight with the pockets. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> No, but it's all good. I, I, but you know what? At least I don't have to worry about going through the airport on a regular basis. I don't. I can sit home and watch the game just like everybody else, um, and I don't have to focus on the main coverage of what's going on either. So, you know what I mean? That's so that's true. Do you, so? Do you not like? Do you not miss the traveling or anything like that? I mean, I would prefer to go out and travel, but I mean, you know, right now, if you know, if I can stay in the comforts of my own home and get the same content, I mean, if it was pre-pandemic. I would, you know, obviously moving around is, you know, the, the best thing to do, but in a pandemic right now, um, and, you know, there's tears of how they're, they're working things right now. We're all getting the same content pretty much. So, I mean, even if I was at a tier one status, unless you're walking around and weaving around in the, in the, in the uh, arena, you're not, uh, you're, you're on the zoom call getting the same information as, as it comes through with everybody else too. So. Okay. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Well, since yeah. since you're not traveling to Miami, we can travel to Miami in our own realms. Virtually, yeah. <laughs> Virtually with this show, um, because obviously the Miami Heat playing the 76ers. They about uh, as we're recording this game, recording this on a Wednesday. The game's about to start soon uh, for Game Two, and you know this is this is this series is interesting to me because this is the completely different Miami Heat team from the team last year that. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much swept. I think they got swept by the Bucks. They got swept by Milwaukee in the first round. But Jimmy wasn't. But Jimmy was hurt though. So I true. mean, true. That 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 is true. And yeah. you know, you also didn't have Kyle Lowry. You also didn't have you know Marquise Morris. You didn't mm-hmm. have PJ Tucker. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they was playing against P.J. Tucker, actually. Mm-hmm. So it's like, the, this is a different Miami Heat team, and this is a different Philadelphia 76ers team because of, you know, the addition of James Harden, the, uh, the, avail- the increased level of play from Tyrese Maxey, um, and not to mention you have your MVP candidate, which or my MVP candidate, and Joel Embiid, who is not healthy right now, you know, mm-hmm. hurt have coming out of concussion protocol uh, with that orbital in, uh, injury. So I think Philly really doesn't stand a chance uh, or much of a chance without a healthy Joel Embiid. Like, if he can't play by game three or four, you, you might as well just put on – you might as well just take him off the ventilator and just let it die because at the end of the day, nah, they just don't have – I just don't see them having a chance. James Harden – he can ball like old, like of old, but I don't see him. He hasn't done much of that throughout these playoffs. No, he and, hasn't done um, much of that all this year, even dating back to the Nets. So I mean, um, I mean, they're trying to say that DeAndre Jordan's a safety net, I guess, sort of speak for Joel Embiid. But right now, he's not, you know, twenty years old. DeAndre Jordan, you know, late, tw- you know, mid twenties, early or, you know, um, into the, you know, early thirties is not walking through that door anymore, anymore right now. So not to say he's not a serviceable player, but he's not, even at his best, he wasn't, he wasn't what it, Joel Embiid is to this team right now. So. Yeah, I completely, I completely agree. And even to that extent, his skill set isn't Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is so diverse offensively that that's like that's like to me that that's today's modern day like Hakeem Olajuwon with additional reinforcements because right. <laughs> his skill set is so unique and I'm pretty much unguardable in today's in today's game so I can't you can't replace you can't you can't replace that talent number one in general but right you, but to do it with someone who has literally really no offensive skills except for being known as a rebounder uh dunker or lob, um, lob, 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 lob finisher yeah yeah, yeah. so it's yeah. like you're, you're missing a lot of production and i think the only reason the only way philadelphia really has a chance is if james harden goes eight nuts and has 40 35 40 point triple double games just to even give him a chance like i i just don't see how my because miami's too good too disciplined of a team um and these guys know their roles they're, mm-hmm. they're clicking on all cylinders. And, you, I mean, Tyler Harris just got named six man of the year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yesterday. Yesterday yeah. he was named six man of the year, yeah. Yeah, so it's like yeah. I just don't see Miami letting up against a Philadelphia 76ers team, especially a focused and disciplined Miami team. Like you said, with the help, uh, with the help yeah. of healthy J- Jimmy Butler, things of that sort. What? I, I- I was actually listening to Ali LaForce and uh, uh, Ernie Johnson earlier today on the Twitter spaces, uh, NBA and, you know, um, T, uh, NBA on TNT teamed up for the, their own Twitter spaces prior to the game. They talked about Miami being able to plug and play certain players um, despite having Kyle Lowry out, despite having, you know, when Jimmy was out, they had, a, you know, they had their, their benches deep so they could plug and play certain places you know, um, you know, they have Desmond that could, you know, get, could, could come in and help you get minutes if a, uh, if a Bam was out for a couple minutes, you know, to give him some rest. I'm not saying Bam being out, you know, uh, no disrespect to um, uh, De- uh, Deadman, right? It's, 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 it's yeah. Deadman, right? Yeah. That um, it's, again, if you lose a Bam, if you lose a 
um, Tyler Hero, if you lose a um, Jimmy Butler, that's kind of like a Joel Embiid on the Sixers side because you might not have certain pieces on that Miami team. Yes, you can plug and play, but if there's several of those guys out, you can't replace that. You can give them a rest. But, um, yeah, um, when healthy, they can plug and play um, when they're missing maybe a, a Jimmy or a Kyle Lowry, uh, not at the same time, but at, you know, various times of the season, if, if need be, things of that nature. So, yeah. and they have a, and they have a, and they have a Victor Oladipo who seems yeah. like he's helping now. So Victor Oladipo is a piece that at the beginning of the season, a lot of people didn't see as a threat coming back to Miami because of the um, the injury that he had that he sustained last January and then another one following that. But he's back and he's being able to contribute the last couple of games. Um, I know before the, you know, the first game against Philly, he helped close out um, who they play in the first round Atlanta. Yeah. He helped, he helped close out the, the series in Atlanta. So Victor Oladipo hasn't, you know, uh, I don't think he's all the way back to all-star caliber of Victor Oladipo, but he's headed that way. Yeah. I don't think any type of, you know, uh, I guess any type of uh, contribution from Victor Oladipo could bearing that he's overcome those different in, all those different injuries um, for this Miami team is honestly a major plus. Um, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I just don't see Philadelphia really having a chance trying to secure this series with all of that taking place. But at the same time, you know, there is another team that you are pretty familiar with that is currently in the playoffs. And yeah. that is uh, the, you know, Dallas Mavericks and they're playing the Phoenix Suns. And, you know, first game was relatively close. No, they played after they played tonight after the Miami Heat game. And Luke, the question mark for me that I have, but you know, Phoenix is uh mm-hmm. that Phoenix got it, they got everything. You know, they got they got the, the leadership from you know, they have the leadership, they have the scoring, they have the role playing, they have the coaching, mm-hmm. they they're hitting on they have everything you can look for in a top five, top three, or you know, or best of the best in the NBA type yeah. of team. But in comparing that to the Dallas Mavericks, whom by the way, I did not expect them to be balling like they have been balling since All Star mm-hmm. break. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely didn't ex- or the trade deadline didn't expect that. I love the Spencer Dinwiddie fit and what he's brought to the team in general. But the emergence of Jalen Brunson to me is the biggest story of all of this. Jalen Brunson. Knowing he's in a contract year has been balling. You know, he's mm-hmm. repping Illinois very, very well <laughs> down there. And um, for him, for him to do his thing with Luca a lot in a lot, in a lot of ways playing off the ball. And yet mm-hmm. that it seems like that relationship on the court really mm-hmm. is thriving. What does Dallas have to do to make sure they bring him back? Is there any do you know of any word that you know they're well, well, I, I talked to Mark Cuban. I couldn't ask him directly, right? Because that's tampering, right? Right. So I asked him, I said, what would you like to see? Because you got to be creative, right? Uh, what would you like to see from Dodo, who's already got his deal after Porzingis was traded? They immediately gave him his, his, his extension um, this season. And he told me that if they play the right way and continue to improve, 
the way that they're supposed to, everything will work itself out. So I know Stein said that, you know, they want to resign him. Um, obviously, you know, they need him, right? Um, they have Spencer Dinwiddie, but also, I mean, also Brunson has been balling this year, right? Especially been since Tim Hardaway is out. I mean, he's been inconsistent for the last two years. They had to pay him last year, right? I personally think that they should trade Tim Hardaway this offseason, my personal opinion, because you got Spencer Dinwiddie there, right? Right. Use him as a trade piece within something else to potentially, I don't know how, you know, I know Rudy Bombert's name has been floating around in Dallas. Figure out which pieces that you might need to go get a Rudy Gobert. I would try to get off of Tim Hardaway's contract. Uh, I know he, they just re-signed him to $85 million, if I'm not mistaken, for, I think, even four or five years. So, um, but I think Spencer Diddley-Witty is more consistent than a Tim Hardaway. But get back to you, what you were saying about um, uh, Jalen Brunson. Yeah, they, they uh, if, if they are able to stick to that plan, I think that they'll um, uh, be good to go. But like I said, you know, I know Dallas wants to re-sign him. They could have got him cheaper, I think, around the $50, $50 million range at the beginning of this season. Obviously, his father said no discounts. So they're going to have – so it's probably going to be closer to what they just gave Tim Hardaway last year for Jalen Brunson over a five or six – five or five or four or five-year deal, depending on what it is. Because Dallas can still – because Dallas can give them the highest, plus they have the bird right, his bird rights. Mm. Do you think? I think. I think that with the – because I know – wait, he was drafted in the second round, so I don't think there's no bro rights. He can lock. If Dallas – I mean, if he doesn't accept a deal from Dallas, he could say, hey, I, I don't want that deal and go somewhere else, and they're, they're, Dallas would have nowhere to match. Right. So. Okay. So do you – but do you think Jalen Brunson is worth all that money? Well, it, that it depends. How how much is he worth to you as the Dallas Mavericks? Mm. You know what I'm saying. So, yeah. the rest of the league might not think that he's worth that. You know what I mean. But not to say that there aren't teams that would actually pay him that. I know the Knicks would would love to pay him him, him that. Um, I know he's got connections to 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 Philly. You, you know what I'm saying? There's other teams around the league that would pay him that. But I think the Mavericks, if it's worth it to them, they'll pay what he's asking for. Okay. Okay. You, what, what about the idea of Brunson potentially going to New York? Because just in general, when you talk about just in general, New York has always been, oh, someone's going to go to New York every year, right? Something... <laughs> Some, some star of potential, at least, is going to go to New York. You got mm -hmm. the offseason with Zion. Well, the, people talk about how Zion won't talk, he's not going to sign his extension. He's going to walk and go to New they York. Might not offer, they might not offer him the extension. Yeah. Only guaranteed. So, yeah. I mean, why? I mean, to be honest with you, he's our, well, his camp or people speaking for him, because I, I don't have any insight on what's going on with Zion other than what's being floated around um, says that he doesn't want to be there. Why would they ex extend him um, the full max if he doesn't want to be there? Right. 
New York, the New York, New York and Chicago were mentioned, right? He, we know he wants to go to New York and play with um, his Duke brothers, right? So are you going to assign a trade potentially? So you can, if you give, if you give him this money, he wants to go to New York. I mean, is the signing trade coming, you know, come to the fact, does he walk and just go to New York? You know what I'm saying? Like how, you know, how are they going to actually work that out? As far as um, Jalen Brunson goes, I think he's on New York's radar, but they've been yelling and screaming about Donovan Mitchell for the last three or four months. I know for a fact, um, Steins and those guys reported that there was a heavy presence of New York Knicks executives in the building. Julius Randle was there, former former Dallas Maverick and uh, New York Knicks Dennis Smith Jr. was in the house. I know one of the ex uh, um, several executives um, were in the house as far as the Knicks go. Um, so that 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 can be confirmed. I mean, even if people didn't believe Steins and those guys, but it's been. Devin Mitch, I mean, uh, 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 Donovan Mitchell's names have been floating around for a while from New York. We know the connection with his dad being an executive with the uh, with the Mets. Um, I could see him, his name eventually go, um, um, potentially going there because, you know, he's still under contract. Utah would have to agree to a trade. I don't know if they're going to do that anytime soon, but I know that uh, him and Rudy, I guess Rudy through the media and, you know, uh, camp, has put out that it's either him or or Donovan Mitchell. And I think from a franchise purposes, you can't teach seven foot, but Donathan is the bigger draw, as we all know. So yeah. they're gonna have to figure that out. So you're saying there is hope. Like Knicks fans should have some hope. Which sucks for I mean, oh guess what it's like it's great for the NBA. But it sucks for us. <laughs> the, Knicks, the, Knicks, fans, you know? the Knicks, the Knicks, got to get out their own way. I mean, we know KD said that there was no way he was going to New York. Knicks, right? Right. But one of his best friends was sitting at the Knicks, quote unquote, scouting before they all went to Brooklyn, right? So there, that was a possibility, right? But they got in their own way. Obviously, the way that they treat people. They treat their loyal fans as a Spike Lee, former players like Charles Oakley. You know what I'm saying? So they got to get. Um, I think it's it's getting better from what I hear, but they still got to get it out of their own way as well. So we don't know. He might Donovan might want to go to New York. We don't know. Last week he said, you know, um, he wasn't thinking about that. You know, that wasn't fine. But he didn't slam reports that he was that he wanted to go anywhere either. You know what I'm saying? So people can interpret that either way. I'm not here to to judge that, but it could anything's possible, as Kevin Durant. I mean, I'm sorry, KG said uh, right after winning a championship in 2008. So you yeah. never know. That's true. But did I hear you say that Chicago's name has been brought up in Williams and Zion's camp last year? Somebody put out a report that it was he wanted to be in a bigger city I thought uh I they I think they mentioned Chicago I don't have it like I said I don't have insider information I'm only telling in regards to him of what I'm what I've read um I think it's New York because of what's in there but I think they're also you know every team ha camp has a list of you know potentials 
You know what I mean? So I know he's trying to get to a bigger market. Chicago, I think, is top three, top four in the nation. So I guess an alternative to New York, if if it was to to do that, maybe. But I think if if he leaves New Orleans, it's going to be for the, uh, the Big Apple in New York City. If he leaves. All right. We'll we'll see how that goes. Everybody listening right now, you're listening to uh, my guys, Landon Buford. Uh, Landon, when you talk about what Phoenix is going through uh, with the team, with the, you know, going for another champ, at least a championship run, um, they have all the pieces together except for one person that's solidified. That's not solidified. DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Um, you know, there's I, I believe it was rumored throughout the season that at the end of the day, if they win a championship or they get back to the finals, yeah, they, they're going to have to offer him the bag. They're going to have to mm-hmm. give him the bag. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of reluctancy with that, considering, you know, uh, that what they had to do to sign Chris Paul long term, um, you know, and definitely compared to last or, or compared or Mikel Bridges, Mikel Bridges got his extension. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many more years Devin Booker's contract is on the books for, right? Before they have to re-up on him, right? right. Um, and there's a lot of core pieces that they're going to have to sign. They, if, if it was my opinion, I would have signed um, him at the beginning of the season, but I'm not sitting in the front office, right? right. But continue. Are you about to ask me what would happen if he were to leave? Or they oh. don't sign him. Is you getting into that? Because I could, I mean, I can name three or four teams that he could fit with. Yeah. Including including the team that they're playing with right now. If he gets to free agency, uh, you know, kind of like Jalen Brunson, where he can choose where he wants to go. Oh, so you, you so you think no, Dallas he's got out. his they have his bird rights. They have his bird rights, but I mean, say that somebody puts an offer on the table and they don't match, right? They put a poison pill or whatever it is on the contract that Phoenix might not like. Right. And they let him walk. That might that hurts their advantage over a lot of these teams that don't have senators of his caliber because they're not that many walking around uh, at his age and that are versatile on both ends of the court like he is. Right. So who so if Dallas is obviously on that list. Yeah. Who are the other teams? If they can afford it, the Celtics could use them. Um. Charlotte could use them. The Lakers could use them. Um, the Clippers could use them. Um, the Bulls could use them. Um, who else? Um, Indiana could use them if they, as a replacement for um, Miles Turner if he walks. I mean, there's I mean, there's several different teams that could use it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's 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 three or four right there, all just off the top of my head that could use him, um, if need be. I mean, could you imagine Lamelo Ball um, throwing up lobs to De- uh, DeAndre Aiden and um, uh, the other Bridges? Yeah, that would be nasty. Ooh, that would be nasty. <laughs> but even could you, could you imagine a healthy Lonzo Ball throwing up lobs to DeAndre Aiden or Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan throwing lobs to a uh, DeAndre Aiden. 
I mean, it's or a Luca throwing lobs to a DeAndre Aiden at a you know a true center. I would take, I, w- I would take uh, probably the Bulls option because Booch can go to me. For me, Booch can go. I, you in Chicago? I understand. I, <laughs> Booch can go, man. Like, <laughs> like no disrespect to Booch, you know, but at the end of the day, Booch can definitely go. So kind of where I'm at with this. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, we'll see. We'll see where these guys go for sure. Um, we're running, running, uh, running down. Yeah, I see the timer time. right here. So is that new or is that just? I guess that is new. I guess I don't know. Because you should be able to do this for an hour if you if you put the time in for an hour. So I don't know. I, I did. That's the crazy yeah. part. I, I don't know how that works. But either way it goes, man. Um, yeah. We can just briefly talk about um, head coaching searches in the NBA because there's a lot of them out there. Um, and one of the names that keeps coming up surprisingly, well, not surprising, in a way surprisingly, but for me it's not surprising, is Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson uh, is right now the front runner of the Sacramento Kings. You know, from your connections and what you've known between Mark, the history of Mark Jackson as a coach and his perception around the league, how big of a deal is it that Mark Jackson's really about to really has is like the front runner for this Kings organization, which quite frankly, for me, I'm glad that Mark Jackson is the front runner, but at the same time, it's also the Kings, <laughs> you know, their front I mean, office isn't in the best. So. Yeah. And we always talk about how black coaches are putting in the situations where they're not, you know, set up to win. But I think right now, Mark Jackson is, is would be happy to coach anywhere right now you know what i'm saying like he's earlier this year he was with reggie miller i forget what event they were at um they said you know he he said he wanted to coach again um i know he was on a live with his daughter he admitted that he wanted to coach again um he said you know at any level but i know it's preferably he would want to be in the nba um sacramento if they give him an opportunity you got to take it i mean i know he's been mentioned he got a co-sign from LeBron. It's not the first time LeBron's <coughs> sorry. Co-signed him. I know he co-signed him while he was in Cleveland. Let me drink some water. Right before Ty Lu um got the job. So um I think back then um Rich Paul was representing him, I think, from what people were telling me. <coughs> so it's a big deal. If he gets a job with this with the Sacramento Kings it's an opportunity, you know what I'm saying? So, and I know like the Warriors, he'll, he'll um, do what he needs to do to potentially get that team back on track. <clears throat> so uh, for our viewers real quickly, man, uh, or listeners, what, what you got coming up, man? What you got coming up that our audience can, you know, tap into? Um, I don't have any interview scheduled right now. I mean, I'm doing a lot of, um, aggregation stuff for my own personal website right now um and some of the you know obviously contributing you're doing a lot of aggregation too but um yeah right now i don't have i don't have that much uh, much going on right now not to say that you know if something pops up i mean it's you know you could you could switch on a dime if you need to but right now i really don't have anything going on other than covering these playoffs um sitting in, in these um you know zoom practices zoom um pre-games and um post-games 
<clears throat> but I have been sitting in a couple of Twitter spaces. I've um, been talking to some people about covering, you know, some some stories that um, potential stories. So we'll see what happens with those. Okay, cool, cool. And what's your uh, your social media so that everybody can follow? <clears throat> Everything's at Landon Buford on Twitter, Instagram. If you want to watch or look at my personal writing on my personal platform, it's uh, LandonBuford.com. All right. And everybody listening, obviously, you can follow me on Instagram and the Twitter at Josh M. Hicks Media. But you can also follow War Media on all platforms. War, uh, War Media for YouTube, War on Anchor for all podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn app, iHeartRadio. We, name we are all over the place. And follow warmedia.substack.com as well for all the latest content from a written perspective because we have some excellent writers that are putting out great, that, you know, that are putting out great content. Um, Landon, my guy, man, I know we had a couple of issues earlier, you know, doing this show, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I feel like I'm about to cough up a lung too, but it, it's, it's okay. We got through. We got through. <laughs> yeah, man, we, you're right. We, we got through it. And I really do appreciate you coming on my show. Obviously you're more, more than welcome, more than welcome to come back anytime. We're, you know, we'll, we'll make sure that happens. And, you know, keep doing what you're doing, especially in the freelance realm, because I, I totally understand, you know, with all that going on. So, hey, keep doing what you're doing and uh, looking forward to continue to checking in with you and your work, man. Appreciate you as always, my guy. Appreciate right. you.